June 9, 2023. It's a lot for Pedro Show. Tuned piano. It's not every jazz club that has one. In this airless town, where jazz clubs are scarcer than zazz clubs, it's a rare Thursday night you will find one fulfilling a jazz role. Rarer still, tuned keyboard with an ashtray inside. Clango, plango! Ashtray on the strings. This is no prepared piano. The pianists didn't prepare it. Is anybody listening? Dowagers at a far table. One pale as flour, the other pink as pig meat. Let's see. No. Breeze blown, pretty person, eyes like mice, with Leslie Howardish yuppie. A terrible word you should never use. Also, no. Six German industrialists. Germans love jazz, right? Not these germs. Nine times sex. Middle-aged fun couple from Protestant Port, Iowa. Population 980. Not listening. Bartender. Waitress. Not. Not. Fourteen knots. And me. Listening. Intently. A listening fool. Solemn at the Steinway. The pianist espies neither clothing nor cleavage of they who ain't listening, nor of he who is. Nor do they, the ain'ts, seem aware the man cannot see them. He has not tipped it off by wearing shades. Blind but hardly deaf, he sees not their pores nor their teeth nor neuroses, but he can hear and does hear their humph-pumph-jowl above whirrings and purrings of the multi-speed blender preparing their frosty wet fizzes, slings, punches, hold the straw. Hotel fun, they're having it. But applause, no. No claps till I raise the issue. The loner claps first. Before the final note has even died of old folks, giant steps, and ostensive not unquirky originals. Another sometimes two tables pick up the cue, re-nuancing the sonic pastiche like three crickets in a hailstorm. My chore, and welcome to it. To monitor and register quasi-audible approval of the shadeless one's licks and such, 
to sit and stanch wait for him to spill, if pos, his guts with a touch never ham-fisted, no, nor especially heavy-handed, a line neither turgid nor glib, a demeanor not a jot cloyingly abulent or insouciant or morose, an unflaggingly not unwinsome ivory persona I would like to like and don't dislike, but neither do I specially truly like. So why am I here? I'm here because there is no cover charge. I'm here because this dunzo town where few warm bodies play and fewer come to play, you take your playing where you find it, if play finding's your meat. If you don't take it, I've learned the hard way. They'll be dead before you get another crack. They came, they played, they left forever. Zoot Sims, Alcone, Philly Joe. A saying the night forever marginal a yeah, I've made it my policy to go see any visiting warm blood over fifty. Anyone I ain't seen previous, who if not among the top twenty-two of all time, they being... 1. Charlie Parker 2. Thelonious Monk 3. Duke Ellington Louis Armstrong 5. Lester Young Eric Dolphy Bud Powell Ornette Coleman Cecil Taylor Albert Eiler 11. Coleman Hawkins John Coltrane Fletcher Henderson Count Basie Billy Holiday 16. Charles Mingus Roy Eldridge Benny Carter Dizzy Gillespie Miles Davis Sidney Becht Jelly Roll Morton Is, was, has been at least nominally competent and on occasion more than Lou Donaldson, you know, Ma Waldron, Clifford Jordan. I'm here in the ground floor lounge of a mid-range inn on the Strip and not Catalina's for Johnny Griffin, 58, because the latter venue told me scram for contesting a double cover charge assessed as I sat for a second set of Milt Jackson, 63. They said, never come back, and though never's a long time, tonight still seems too soon to try. I'm here, thus to take in a mildly touted newcomer to this squalid town, though he is closer to 38 than 58, and closer still, one suspects, to 28. To see, hear him, and be done with it, both sets, if ness. Trying hard to like the guy, part 1b, I decide he's eclectic. Will that do? Idiosyncratic? Like, all right, try this on for size. Like Rand Blake or Jackie Bayard. A tune's worth of trial. An original in 5-4. No, not nearly. Not as distinct as Rand Blake. Distinctive. His A just doesn't equal A. Or the A it does equal isn't... Nor distinct as Jackie Bayard. Not enough surrender to his own... Um... Insufficient walk on the personal side? More anonymous than most eclects and idios. Too little revealed depth of, I don't know, there's just not enough private mess, or something, to hang even a small hat on. Well, a kid's size, maybe, but not... Hey, at least he's not Oscar Peterson. Low filigree, Count 
check, an unclunky dynamic with occasional odd cordings, peppy use of, then suddenly, clang. It's not one of his chords. Plang blang. Won't somebody save him? Our semi-harried waitress, all tables hers, serves a green drink and a brown drink to Mouse Eyes and her yuppie. Then, in mid-hop to her post, she spots an object missing. Drinks, candles, ashtrays, details of the gig. And she keen eyes the absence. Yippee-yay! Got it! But ears not the related nearby presence. No tray on piano top. Replace that tray! Scratch one, Savoir. For a half-minute, the clang-bang continues with no fun change in anyone's manner to suggest auditory cognition. Is it down to me? So I get up, rush over, and before I'm there, he's already reaching down around with his left hand, riffing in the bottom octave with his right. I stand silent. He gets it. I ask him, you got it? And my friend, foe, he don't know. Just sighs. Good old Hyatt House. At Solo's end... Harry, that's him, dabs his unflinching sunglasses face with a hanky, unfolds a thin metal staff, makes his way to the bar, orders hot tea with lemon. Great idea. When the waitress comes round, I order a not tea, my third, and stare mockishly at mouse eyes. No lipstick or makeup. Oh boy, a person. Her hair like unmade straw. I would horizont with her in straw any time. Would I? I probably would not. Her consort I would, wouldn't, smash in the nose with a cast iron skillet. New arrivals. Aussies or something in rugby shirts. Fortified by the orange pico, Harry plunges into a snaky New Orleans R&B type thing. Snappy. A broad-striped Australian bops, bops his head. Could it be? Hallelujah! Wait, no. He's wearing a Walkman. Ah, but at least that tackles the problem of pegging the music. The better to access it. Why even bother? Non-musical vectors have been out-vectoring musical long enough anyway, so how about we call it official? Terminal for tonight and get down to reeling in some buck-naked poignancy. Not fun. Estrangement. And, oh boy, dignity under fire? To salute the dignity, I try clapping louder than last set. I can't clap much sooner, or much louder either. It hurts. So I throw in a, yeah, with the clap-clap. To pre-cue the throngs, I try telepathic commands. Clap or die clap or die, but the hand claps, if anything, decrease, without fatality. Slowly, steadily, my enthusiasm wanes, and by the fourth or fifth tune, a mid-tempo days of wine and roses, I can't shake a notion that the playing, back to music, has become increasingly less valid, less cogent, an accompaniment, though it hasn't changed, not a moat, and maybe that says it. What does glib mean, anyway? 
for either the player's burgeoning not fun or mine, he does sound glib. Sounds turgid. Whatever that is. Sounds as if he has quite possibly so sounded right from the start. I realize, nay confess, I don't care for his goddamn music. I haven't all night. And now, barely even his blind-ass dignity, and then Mouse Eyes returns from the bathroom, or somewhere with lipstick that glows almost orange, and the Krautzer are suddenly very intense, and I think of that line from the penultimate, I believe, flying while end a crack up, Ich kann nicht mehr halten. One Walenda tells the others he can't hold it no more, just prior to dropping them. And I don't handle pressure too well either. Can't keep cheerleading this ball game in the name of bleeding ever bloodyable humanity. Can't hack shilling for a sap whose ongoing sound spew reveals not a sousant of who or whatever he may in fact be, who has probably come to this clang-dang town, it seems fair to infer, to become Oscar Peterson, or to receive his mantra and become McCoy Tyner, a pair of prospects that brings shivers to the bones of my face. And I can't stand the shabby sadness of it all, and I don't want another beer. So I pocket a souvenir ashtray and split in the rain to discover... My car has been stolen. Why from Pedro Show? Happy Friday. Start off the show with an untitled blues jam. Scary title, right? No, but this was a private jam in Detroit, 1958, John Coltrane. I think it was at Joe Brazil's pad before he moved to Seattle. He ends up recording the uh, that Seattle version of Love Supreme. I think he ends up on the whistle or penny whistle or something on uh, the Ohm album recording, too. Then we had Woeful Blind Sap. This is a poem by Richard Meltzer, read by Austin Rich. And because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I got with us on the Wife and Pedro show. Brother Austin Rich, welcome aboard. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. Absolute. Now, I want to learn about your journey through music. Please bring us your earliest musical recollection. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I was I was uh, thinking about this the other day. I'm pretty sure it's my mom when she was playing, and I, and I was trying to decide if it was either her guitar or her piano. Uh, but she played both quite a bit when I was growing up, so it had to have been one of those. So, uh, by that answer, I'm guessing there was musical instruments in the pad you grew up. Yeah, uh, yeah. So both my parents were. Uh, amateur musicians my, my mom had been in a band when she was in high school and just out of high school um and my dad always wanted to so he collected like instruments from thrift stores and yard sales and things like that so, so we had a, a fair amount of uh, stuff around around the pad that i could fool around with if if i was interested that's what i wanted to ask did you jump on any of that shit yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, I think a, a lot of kids, it's hard to resist that guitar. So, you know, because, of course, you got you, you got that picture in your head of, like, you as Hendrix or, or whatever. You know? So, uh, 
so that uh, I had my dad teach me a couple things on there. Uh, and then uh, my mom showed me a few things on the piano. Uh, but then after that, it was mostly just okay, kind of so whatever with, I wanted to do. So with the piano, you didn't have to go through the art with like a lot of guests on the show. I've been doing it 22 years a month now. We're kind of <laughs> the, the piano lesson ordeal, right? Uh, well, you know, only when I asked for it. So, but, but like I never had to go to anybody to teach me it was it was usually i would say hey mom how does uh how does this song go or no i'm talking about i want you to learn this i'm coming back next week if you don't have oh, it you're full of shit yeah nothing like that <laughs> your ass down and sh okay let me uh, let's get a, a little before because i want to know about school were you in the marching band or the choir shit like that yeah yeah so you know we had all these like horns and stuff and so uh the school band was always looking for for people to sign up and I noticed they needed a trombone player, and we had a trombone. So I did that, I think, maybe like a year, year and a half. Bone, that's bass clef. Yeah, yeah. I was always <laughs> sitting over by the tubas and stuff, you know? Yeah, watch well, a little prejudice that way. So, uh... <laughs> I mean, it was kind of fun because, like, you could read the bass lines and, and play these weird, uh, funky bass lines if you could read music uh, on, your, on your trombone, and you could kind of emulate the radio. And actually, you could get in James Tenney territory with the microtone shit with that machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. And big mouthpiece. My friends told me a lot easier to march than that goddamn trumpet or French horn shit. <laughs> Let me now, ask I, you this. I, I do regret not having that. I wish I still had that bone. Okay. But at least you, you put in some time. That's bitching. You know, it's all, whenever you play, I think you invest in the next time you play. So who knows? That fucking true, might figure true. in these compositions that you gave me. Let me ask you this. First record you bought with your own money. Oh, yeah. You know, I think I got two albums the same day. So, so my mom had a used record store and a bookstore when I was a kid. Uh, and so I could kind of like work for trade uh, in the store. Yeah, barter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I put in a few hours, and, and I think the first records I came home with were, they're both Doors albums. One was just the first Doors album, and then the other was a Greatest Hits record. Okay. And then the first gig you saw? Oh, uh, you know, I think this was when, uh, you know, so my, my mom also liked to go see shows, so she took me to see Robert Palmer. Uh, I think it was Simply Irresistible Tour, but I... I I, I, I'd have to look into that. The ladies with the bright red lipstick and black dresses. <laughs> yeah, you know, I do recall uh, when we got to the show thinking, where, where, where are those ladies going to be on the stage? <laughs> he was a good singer. He I think, died kind of young, 40s or something. His heart went out. Switzerland or something. Yeah, I remember yeah. reading something about that. Good singer. Uh, okay. Now, not after school, like graduating, but after school in the afternoon. Mm. Did you get into the bedroom band, the basement band, the garage band thing with some buddies? <laughs> you, you know, uh, sort of. Uh, so I had a lot of friends who we all kind of uh, fancied ourselves uh, songwriters, uh, but not many of us played music. And so we would. I, I used to call this loaf core, where we would kind of talk about what our bands would be like, and we'd trade our lyrics back and forth. <laughs> Now, you uh, don't have any bands yet, right? But if you did. Right, right. So so if we did, it would be like, yeah. And so I remember one specifically, and we even had one practice for this. Uh, Cappuccino Hallucinations was the band. Okay. Uh, and, and this was my friend Damon Armitage. He, uh, he was the kind of co-conspirator. And uh, I remember we went out to his pad and we just gathered every musical 
item we could find. <laughs> Which what were uh, you on? Uh, I think I was doing keyboards and singing. Uh, but I, I mean, I, we kind of traded stuff back and forth because there was a guitar there, and you know, we were we were mostly kind of doing joke songs because you know we're we're we're, we're kids, you know. We're, yeah, but they're, they're original. You're not copying off records like me and D Boom. Oh, I think there was a cover or two in there as well. Uh, but but there were a couple of original songs. But the, I mean, they were uh, uh, embarrassingly uh, 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 youthful. Well, you got to start somewhere. Right? I mean, now this band, was it just a prac band or did you guys end up doing some gigs? No, I think there was just the one practice and then mostly just kind of trading lyrics and stuff kind of. I mean, it was a good uh, 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 reason to kind of get together and kind of get better at your your musical spiel, you know? Because, like, sometimes you think your lyrics are really great, and then you show them to someone else, and they're kind of frowning, and you're like, oh, hmm. <laughs> right. He don't get it. She don't mm -hmm. get it. Yeah, yeah. But that, you know, that's the dilemma. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, well, one of the dilemmas. <laughs> so, so, especially if you're trying to do, like, some, uh, right more than one person an ensemble you try to make an interesting conversation maybe it takes lyrics like that to get it going right yeah well and, like and, a and certainly bar. They, they trigger <laughs> other thoughts too that's they, what you i'm know, saying like, like a pry bar on the fucking you know pin up shit yeah so you know it seems to me from listening to your music a, a lot is is like done by you I'm, I'm not talking just the performances but the caption were you involved in like recording early uh, you know, I was always interested in it. Like I got a, um, a tape recorder pretty young, uh, for one of my birthdays and I was always recording the radio and, uh, then cutting out the DJ parts and pretending I was the DJ yes. <laughs> you know, re recording other people and kind of putting them into my fake radio. You know, like I was, that was always kind of something I did as a kid. And, and, and as soon as I started seeing live music, I, I, I wanted, and, and occasionally would, I wanted to bring my tape recorder and kind of record the yeah, so like recording was certainly a bug i had early okay okay and uh did, did you start some solo proj not for a while not for a while uh my first band was uh, actually a, a a a punk band that i joined uh they were kind of already uh starting um uh, they were called cathead uh and okay. uh I, I still keep in touch with those dudes too actually and and were uh you the singer keyboard you know, he's in that. Uh, so before then, I, I um, kind of imagined myself uh, kind of more in percussion. Yeah. And so I tried that for a bit. Didn't really suit me very well. And they needed a bass player. So Whoa. I kind of picked up the bass and taught myself how to play. Well, no, no, let's talk about this. What was your first bass? Uh, you know, uh, it was one that belonged to the band already. And it was <laughs> kind of funny. It was like set up for a left hander, but then they restrung it for me <laughs> to play right <laughs> okay and what uh, kind of amp uh it was um gosh i think we borrowed my dad's fender amp that uh he had lying around uh he also had a half drum set that we used to kind of complete our first full drum set too so. <laughs> okay no no so they got a bonus deal when they got you in the band you got <laughs> right right you get a little awesome. free gear as well yeah right right so uh, what, what what kind of bass again I mean, oh, it was just like a regular kind of PV bass. Oh, uh, I mean, like, very quickly, I got the, the the little Fender copy that I have now. That's uh, <clears throat> or a Squire or whatever it is over in the corner there. Okay, okay. And like you said, your your autodidact, you teach yourself. And uh, 
fingers or pick? You know, I try both, and uh, sometimes these days I will play with my fingers, but most of the time I'm playing with a pick. I think both is all right. You know, it's more vocabulary. Why not? Yeah, well, there's times it needs yeah. that finger pick, you know? like it, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the sound is just... It, it's, I it's think by being quiet. just one kind of limits you. If you could do both, and, and it's possible... It's mm-hmm. like, like I remember when Jay asked me, I hadn't played pick in 17 years, man. It was fucking tough. <laughs> so, so because it, it feels like you have this extra thing in your finger. You're like, what's yeah, going? well, with fingers, you don't have to worry about how close you are on the string. On the mm-hmm. pick, you do. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, and, and like you can, there's definitely an advantage. Like you can go faster with a pick, but sometimes that's not what's needed. So that's right. Yeah, you know. That's right, right. You got to aid and abet the tune. Yeah, well, yeah, that's it's all about the yeah. The, you you got to be there with the song. I mean, I think all the instruments should, but but fucking bass and drums especially. Look, uh, I want to play this tune from you, a tribute to Irv Tybel. Oh yeah. Hello and uh, welcome to a tribute to Irv Tybel. He was a sound artist that began working in the late '60s, uh, where he would uh, essentially use computers to create natural soundscapes that were like the ocean, like waves on the ocean, like wind, like all these other things, but were completely designed by computers. Um, He was into field recording. He would go out into nature and record these samples, but then spent a lot of time in the studio manipulating them and creating a very interesting series of records called Environment. And uh, so we're going to do a tribute to these environments records. And the best part about the environment series is that it encompasses the sound of the place that you are at. So as you're listening to this, and as you're kind of thinking about what you're hearing and what's going on, um, consider what Irv might have done and uh, contribute to the composition from where you're at. Now you can just talk and be part of the background shatter, or if you're more inclined, come on up and participate in the performance. Uh, But anyway, this is a tribute to environments.
Irv Teeble uh, suggested that these uh, records that he made were good for relaxing babies, for meditation, or for lovemaking. So hopefully this inspires you this evening. <laughs> Thank you. of this is real. And how much do you care? A lot of people don't realize what's really going on. They view life as a bunch of unconnected incidents and things. They don't realize that there's this like lattice of coincidence that lays on top of everything. Which way are we going? And how are we getting there? I'll give you an example, I'll show you what I mean. Suppose you're thinking about a plate of shrimp. Suddenly somebody will say like plate or shrimp or plate of shrimp out of the blue, no explanation. No point in looking for one either. It's all part of a cosmic unconsciousness. Do we know the way? Or are we running scared? 
know the way everybody's into weirdness right now? Books and all the supermarkets about Bermuda Triangles, UFOs, how the Mayans invented television, that kind of thing. Where are we going? exactly the same. There ain't no difference between a flying saucer and a time machine. People get so hung up on specifics, they miss out on seeing the whole thing. Is it a metaphor? Or something in the air? Take South America, for example. South America, thousands of people go missing every year. Nobody knows where they go. Just like disappear. When are we leaving? And how are we getting there? of this is real. Where'd all these people disappear to? Hmm? Past. That's right. And how much do you care? And how'd they get there? What the fuck do I know? Flying saucers. Which are really... Yeah, you got it. Time machines. Which way are we going? How are we getting there? I think a lot about this kind of stuff. I do my best thinking on the bus. That's how come I don't drive, see? You don't even know how to drive. I don't want to know how. I don't want to learn, see? The more you drive, the less intelligent you are. from Pedro's show, that chunk of music started off with the Black Noise Orchestra. This is live, Space Concert Club, Salem, Oregon, 11 November 2018, entitled Tribute to Irv Teibel. Then Scrapers Papers with Daddy Don't Dance. Yeah. Nice. Is that a question or is it a statement? And then uh, many... Mutations with the original motion picture soundtrack, Lattice of Coincidence. Uh, Brother Austin, enlighten us to these big tracks you gave us. 
Oh yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah. Um, I didn't drive for many years. Uh, and, uh, when I finally did learn, I kind of felt like I needed to tackle that subject. Uh, and so I started, uh, We're talking on this... about driving a car. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Driving a car. Yeah. I, I didn't have my license for years. And so when I turned 40, I finally got it. Uh, Whoa. What'd you do before that? Bicycle or a train? Oh, uh, bussing and walking. Yeah. 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 Of course. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so when, when I, when I turned uh, and finally got this license, I was like, I gotta do a song about this. And so, uh, the lattice of coincidence was, uh, a lot of me kind of wrestling with like, what does it mean now that I have this? Let, let me tell you about 40. Skill. That's a heavy year. 40. That's when John Coltrane passed away. That's when Franz Kafka passed away. That's when we lost Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, that I didn't even mean. That is, it's interesting that that's a transitional year and so many people pass around then wow yeah yeah you never know that's why sometimes i remember i took big man on tour this younger guy this guy was seven months short of 40 years younger than me Ralph Mm. couldn't tour so big man and i remember him saying oh load in is so and so time we got a couple hours to kill and i looked at him and and, and he didn't have to say anything (laughs) yeah the wisdom of the ages (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's gonna right they say the youth uh, youth is usually wasted on the young. <laughs> it is unfortunate that way. <laughs> That's just the way it is. So, 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 okay. You're saying lattice of coincidence is focused on this sitch of learning, getting your license at forty. Yeah, well, and, and so I had to kick it off with that, uh, you know, sample of the beginning of um, Double Nickels, where the where yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Hands I, I recognize that motor. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like that's my biggest connection to driving. When I, before I could drive, I was listening to that record and going like, "Oh, they're driving around." Yeah, and you know, the title was about driving, right? Because Sammy Hagar said he couldn't drive fifty-five, but he made this fucking, you know, kind of whatever safe music. So we thought, well, we'll drive safe and make crazy music. So that's, <laughs> the whole title was a joke on on Sammy Hagar. People that was my was favorite so- thing about that record was realizing that it was kind of this conversation with other music, you know, that it wasn't right. just kind of its it own musical It had statement. nothing to do with a uh, numerical highway system. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it just means driving the speed limit. In those days, we had to conserve because there was the, uh, the gas uh, thing. Uh, oh, right, right. Well, what, 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 hit, hit me to Irv Teibel. Oh yeah, you know, so another one of my pastimes is uh, record shopping, and uh, you know I kept seeing these environments records every time I'd be out, you know, shopping somewhere. Uh, and you've probably seen these; they got like usually kind of like a nature image on the front, and it's just like kind of relaxing ocean sounds. Or what was know. that guy? There was a comic, Norm Crosby. His whole shtick was fucking up uh, words. Uh, dyslexic he'd say oh the, the babbling book and the, that that view is perspiring <laughs> like using <laughs> right, right. fucking words but like trying to come on like you know what the fuck you're saying yeah okay so what happened this guy made records like this yeah yeah well and, and he was like an interesting cat who like studied with lamont young and all oh, this other stuff okay okay and so like it, you know it's funny it's like you find these records and you buy them because you're like oh yeah it's a dollar sure why not uh, and then it becomes a whole education when you start reading about it. Right. Uh, what do they say and, nowadays? The kids say rabbit hole. Right. Oh, yeah. That is, it is. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of like that, though. Where, fall like, down the rabbit. It was Alice, right? Another. Alice was the original rabbit hole faller downer. 
Right, right. And she was just kind of following whatever. Oh, it comes this way. I'll go that way. Yeah, you know, check it Actually, out. Actually, the title is through the looking glass, but you know, details, details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not here to. to you know, uh, the movie. I found that out that the movies are like just this schmaz of fucking. Speaking of schmaz, we lost the Iron Sheik. You know, that's this old wrestling term for like, we ain't got a script, so let's just throw it together. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so, okay, so you start getting, Lamont Young, we're talking about like well-tempered tuning and this kind of shit. I went to yeah. the Dream House in New York City, like an eight-year piece or something. Oh, wow. I wasn't there eight years, only a couple hours, and it was sweaty <laughs> sure, as a sure. motherfucker. It was in August. Okay, so so this turned you on to a whole new way of, because I want to know what the arc of that band you joined. How 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 long were you in that band? Yeah, so a cat head was around for oh gosh, maybe four or five, six years, maybe at the most. Um, do you and, remember and they kind of had first... a little prehistory before I got in as well? Yeah, but do you remember your first gig with Cathead? Oh yeah, it, it was a uh, well Halloween. I, I totally remember that. Yeah, uh, I, I came in. We were everybody's in costumes. Yeah, what you, you know? wear? What did you wear? Oh, yeah. yeah. I had kind of a mishmash of things. And so I remember wearing some like tights and then these kind of elf shoes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was like a real kind of like whatever was in the you know uh, closet. And right. Could, you know, that's yeah. exact, actually what that word sukiyaki. You know, you, you make chow with whatever you got. Right. <laughs> they, right. They, there's a big pop song from Japan. This is, they didn't know what to call it, so they called it that. And actually, the, their title over there is like, I look at the stars so the tears don't run down my face. Yeah, it was like a 50s pop song, right? Well, 60s. And then oh, he had a cousin. He was killed in a, a jumbo 747 crash. But then his mm-hmm. cousin was Kaoru Abe, not the prime minister guy, but this really wild uh, kind of John Coltrane-influenced uh, open uh, music jazz uh, saxophone player ended up a harmonica doing that shit and died like 29 od or something so right. so was that gig a success would you say yeah i think so because you know it's like you get to hear like um live music close up really loud you're participating as the percussionist like everybody there is kind of like yelling between songs and clap you know like it, it was the first time I was on that side of the stage, and it, it was one of those things where I kind of instantly knew, like, oh, this is irresistible. Like, I, I want to do this more. <laughs> and were you in the band four or five years? Yeah, yeah, because we, we were playing around town, and then we were trying to record, and then, like, we had a guitar player who left, and so we kind of tried to redo it as a three-piece, and, you know, there was, like, a, a kind of a couple eras of that band in there, and... um it, 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 the writing was on the wall kind of near the end where it's like we were all kind of interested in different things and it just, you know, wasn't working out. I think uh, they say it ran its course. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, yeah, it, it's, you sit there, you kind of set yourself up when you with a certain kind of identity and then like when you've written 40 songs on that subject, it's like, how much further can we go with a band name called Cathead? <laughs> like flogging the dead cat, right? <laughs> right, right, right. So, and certainly we were all kind of like uh, bursting around the edges of that, where suddenly all the songs we were writing were no longer these simple punk songs. They're kind of evolving. So Whoa. It's time to move on. Whoa, okay, okay. And speaking of moving on, we're at the end of the first hour, June 9, 2023, Dishwat Pedro Show special guest, Austin Rich. Hold tight for hour two. June 9, 2023, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. 
Good morning, and welcome to another wonderful day on the Starship Hyperion. We are currently stranded in space, with absolutely no hope of returning home. This is now your life. Have a nice day. Engine room. We seem to be in a bit of a skirmish at the moment. We're going to need you to divert more power to the shields, and get out of your pajamas as soon as possible. I feel the engine there beneath my feet. We buck and sway to the pulsar's beat. The klaxons buzz like a siren song. I punch the code and hope it won't take long. Bruised and broken from my last defeat. We barely made a hasty retreat. Phaser fire can't now be heard. Another fight without a warning word. It's a quasar burst on the Navicon.
can turn on the light. It's all right. Calm yourself. Everything is under control. Haven't you listened to anything I've told you? He needs more time. See that he's not disturbed. We don't have any more time, 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 time.
One of the things that seemed like a good idea at the time was that the party should fly. Not in the normal sense the party is meant to fly, but literally. One night, long ago, a band of drunken astro-engineers, the first generation, clambered around the building, digging this, fixing that, banging very hard on the other. And when the sun rose the following morning, it was startled to find itself shining on a building full of happy, drunken people that was now floating like a young and uncertain bird over the treetops. The planet over which they're floating is no longer the planet it was when they first started floating over it. bad shape. It is one hell of a party. You get up on your little 21-inch screen and how about America and democracy? There is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM and ITT and AT&T and DuPont, Dow, Union Carbide and Exxon. Those are the nations of the world today. What do you think the Russians talk about in their councils of state, Karl Marx? They get out their linear programming charts, statistical decision theories, minimax solutions, and compute the price cost probabilities of their transactions and investments, just like we do. We no longer live in a world of nations and ideologies. The world is a college of corporations, inexorably determined by the immutable bylaws of business. The world is a business. It has been since man crawled out of the slime. And our children will live to see that perfect world in which there's no war or famine, oppression or brutality. One vast and ecumenical holy company for whom all men will work to serve a common profit in which all men will hold a share of stock. All necessities provided. All anxieties tranquilized. All boredom amused. He had lived like a person in a dream. He looked without seeing, heard without hearing, forgot everything, almost everything. 
On falling off the horse, he lost consciousness. When he recovered it, the present was almost intolerable. It was so rich and bright. The same was true of the most ancient and most trivial memories. Now his perception and his memory were infallible. He could reconstruct all his dreams. He told me, I have more memories in myself alone than all men have had since the world was a world. The truth is that we all live by leaving behind. No doubt we all profoundly know that we are immortal and that sooner or later every man will do all things and know everything. Funes not only remembered every leaf on every tree of every wood, but even every one of the times he had perceived or imagined it. His own face in the mirror, his own hands, surprised him on every occasion. He was the solitary and lucid spectator of a multiform world which was instantaneously and almost intolerably exact. I repeat, the least important of his recollections was more minutely precise and more lively than our perception of a physical pleasure or a physical torment. He was, let us not forget, almost incapable of general platonic ideas. Calm yourself. Everything is under control. Haven't you listened to anything I've told you? He needs more time. See that he's not disturbed. Show start off the second hour with the short pockets doing quasar burst on the navy com. Then Brandon Edder and Sabo with where else people? Here's the title, okay? This is uh, many mutations again, but this time, calm yourself, sweet. And there's many parts to this. There's always time to heal the natural order of things today. A go go, Borges, Boogie, Breakbeat. Maybe Luis Borges. The biggest mm-hmm. party ever. And fi- uh, immutable bylaws and finally a person in a dream. Whoa. Okay. Many mutations. Okay. Catheads. And you still want to do music. What's your next chapter? Yeah. yeah well, so I realized if I want to take this serious, I got I to gotta start studying. Um, and so I was interested in radio. And so I started volunteering at this radio station. Uh, and you know, very quickly you start seeing all these albums, you get access to like these different kinds of music. You're growing up. I've heard you talk about how, like all you knew was like arena rock. And that was kind of how I felt as a teenager where it's like most of the music we were hearing was kind of like Molly Crew and stuff like that. Yeah. Kind of one dimensional. Yeah. And and the radio just like opened it up where it's like, you have this huge library and you can yeah. try out jazz records you've only ever heard about. And, you know, uh, like it, I, my ear got a lot bigger kind of just volunteering and spinning records late at night. Okay. And that's, 
you know, other people's performances. What about your performances? They're on hold for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, I went to college and I started doing a zine and, you know, that, you know a few other kind of. With, uh, the zine's focus, was it music? Yeah, I, I usually had like a couple like reviews in each issue and trying to keep up on what, what's new and stuff. Okay. And uh, what, 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 in the timeline, where is Mini Mutate? Well, that's more recent, huh? Many mutations. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so I realized that a lot of the stuff I sent you is actually kind of some of my newer projects. Okay, uh, that's okay. Yeah. Right. But uh, so, but, so yeah, let's so not I'll, get there yet. short version. How about this? Well, let's not get there yet. Let's, let's, okay. let's, you're at college, you got the zine, you're working, you're volunteering at the radio station. What mm -hmm. are you doing as far as your musical journey? Yeah, so I started realizing, and this, and this kind of came from listening to a lot of Negative Land that, the radio station is a studio. Yes. And, and so I can start kind of fooling around where I can like play samples over top of things. Right. And I can bring in my bass and kind of play my bass along with stuff. And yeah. suddenly the, the show can get a little weirder. And, and then eventually I realize, well, this is basically a band. Right. Right. And right. Uh, so from there, like, and, and I, so I had a lot of kind of like Jack Flanders experiences. Whoa, CBS and, media. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. So you're uh, hip to that, upstate New York. Yeah, Meatball Fulton. Yeah, yeah, Still yeah. around. Jack, I love that guy's stuff. The voice, the voice for Jack a couple of years ago passed away. I know, it's a bummer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, I had all these Jack Flanders moments where I realized I had to get out of my own way. And like, you know, because I had one idea of what stuff could be. Let me tell the listeners, zbs.org, people, if you want to learn about ZBS Media. Incredible. I, I, I accidentally bumped into him early, uh, no, middle 70s, like mm. 73, something like that. Yeah, 74. Okay, so in the, uh, go on. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, yeah, no, you're, you're, yeah. So you just kind of have these like epiphanies where like you, you think a band is one thing and then you realize, oh, it could be this or or it could be this, you know, and, Actually, and, and suddenly music like, has more possibilities than it used to. Yeah, it seems like you had a Cajun John Cageian moment. Yeah, a little bit, you know. And, you know, what and, is music, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and and suddenly, like, music went from, like, okay, it's got to be, like, a power trio rock and roll stuff to, well, actually, you know, jazz pieces can go much longer than four minutes. And, you know, like, there's all these other possibilities that when I was a kid wouldn't have been on the table. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you had kind of like a sea change. Yeah, yeah, very much. That's a, I like that. That's a good way of putting it. Oh, Pop was a sailor. I want to play this uh, Olsen Twins <laughs> Gaslight and song. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. 
Watch for Pedro Show. That chunk of music started off with a piece called Session One. Live at the Lava Lamp. Lava Lamp. Live at the Lava Lamp. God damn that stuff. Lounge. There's another L. (laughs) Patio. Thank God for the P. 10 September 2022. The Olsen Twins gas. No, Ghost Light, people. Fuck that up. Sorry. Ensemble. Then the born shit Stewart stirs out of Fukuoka, Japan. Is it safe? And you could notice that movie thing, uh, Mr. Hoffman and the Marathon Man. And uh, only good part of that movie. No, no, no disrespect to Max Von Sydow, but fuck, they ran out of gas quick in that movie. Xandar. I'm guessing that to pronounce here. Uh, where the samples and melodicas play. Okay, Trippy, who are the Olsen Ghost Light Ensemble? Olsen Twins. Yeah, we you know so you play you start playing shows and you just start meeting people, uh, which is kind of like one of the things I was hoping would happen because you know I like music and I like musicians, um, and uh, so you know, it's funny you played the show where the Black Noise Orchestra piece happened. Um, because at that show, yeah, I met I met this guy Scott Eve, who's a guitar player. Yeah, uh, and uh, he came up to me afterwards, and he's like, "Oh, I really thought that was kind of cool. We should we should jam." And and so I got together with him. And I tell you, brother Austin, how many bands start at a club? How many fucking bands start at an arena rock show? <laughs> you know <laughs> right, what I mean? Man. No, there's just something about it, cats. You know why are they at that gig? You know, mm-hmm. there's just something about it. You know. Yeah, well, and it's like, I mean, we know this from just playing in as many shows. It's like, it's the stuff after the show where, like, the connects happen. A- absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So what, what do you guys do? You get together some jams? Or? Yeah, yeah. We used to start kind of, and, and, and this is a, you know, a chance where I wanted to kind of free improvise with somebody who wasn't just me, like, playing along with records. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was in the same boat. He's like, yeah. So we kind of, like, would jam back and forth and... It was also a chance to kind of stretch out because, you know, I was doing a lot of experimental electronic things and Olsen Twins kind of leans more in like the organic kind of nature sounds direction. Yeah. So what, it was what, a what, 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 I else. think they call it a field recording. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I do love a good field recording. Okay, okay, yeah. The member Cabaret Voltaire when they were three-piece, one of those mm. guys went to the BBC, the the, the Watson guy. And uh, yeah, that's what he got big time into. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Trippy uh, and uh, this Xandar. Uh, oh yeah, kind of similarly. Uh, so you know, through radio, I met uh, my friend um, Zeres, uh, um, uh, who um, X E R E S, um, who uh, he he plays in a lot of kind of free improv uh, style kind of bands, and uh, you know, so we just kind of started seeing what we could do together and. You know, it, it had a very different flavor than what we were doing with the Olsen twins. And so I kind of liked that, you know, especially within free improv, you could kind of stake out different kinds of territory. And it wasn't like all just kind of sounding exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the dilemma that I find and this is what I ask a lot of because I'm inspired by uh, imp- uh, improvisational musicians. They, you know, talk about letting the fucking freak flag fly. I think uh, Jack Wright said jumping away from the pole. Maybe mm. that was Sam. 
in Colorado, in Pueblo, Colorado, I, I forget, but it was an older gentleman, and just this whole kind of idea of, you know, he who dares, you know, at least you mm. go down swinging if you lose. But the, 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 the dilemma, like, who goes first? This is why I always ask. How did you guys handle that? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I think sometimes the room goes first ah, in a way, you know, answer. where, like, there's kind of something already happening in the space. So, you know, I'll, I'll use this. There was a show where we were going to uh, open up for Wally Shoop uh, in Portland, and I kind of had this idea of how the show was going to go. And then when I got there, I realized it wasn't going to work. <laughs> you know, like the venue is just like yeah. the, where the stage is and the sound and you kind of just start like looking around. You're like, oh, this yeah. is not. We had, an old, it, we had an old joke in the SST days, you know, overthrow reality with the concept. But then reality has the last say. <laughs> don't work you know. Look, I, I, I gotta that. stop I here that. and let you continue because we're at the end of the second hour oh, June yeah, yeah. 9, 2023 edition of is a special guest Austin Rich Hotel Fire 3 June 9, 2023 it's the third hour watch for Pedro Show.
Pedro show started the third hour off with the 1164s mm-hmm. turning my back on today and then Manlio Maresca Tercina Italy but he's living these days in Berlin with Squalabar he's going to be on the show soon next couple weeks I think or maybe it's next month and then Short Pockets again remember those guys people they start off the second hour the Havit scene it's a great title so, please continue where you were uh, last hour, where you finished up with the, the Xandar, right? You went to the gig with a concept, but then the actual reality of that gig wasn't going to let that concept happen. Yeah, well, it, it was just a very good lesson for free improv, where, you know, it's like sometimes the room goes first and, and you have to kind of follow, you know? Sure, sure. Um, let's say I got a sailboat and I go into the ocean. I cannot tell the wind which way to blow. <laughs> exactly. I yeah, can, a, I can pound. I can stop my feet. I can throw my little piece of chalk. I can do sugar bowl pose. I can do teapot pose, but the wind's going to blow how it blows. Unless, right. uh, yeah, you know Agamemnon. He makes a deal, right? I'll sacrifice my daughter if you give me a sack of wind, so I can get to fucking Troy and kill a bunch of people. Right. <laughs> We're not like that. We're not like that. So, so, so. Okay. So what? Uh, what happened? Was this the place where the samples and the melodica, melodicas play? Yeah, well, so I mean, just I think that was just a really good lesson. And uh, Robert certainly, or, or Ziri's, pardon, uh, yeah. uh, from uh, um, uh, Xandar, he's definitely kind of helped expose K-fabe. me to more of that hold kind on, of stuff. Hold, speaking of the Iron Sheik, got to hold on to the kayfabe. 
Oh, yes, exactly. Mr. It's like you just you learn so much from other music and other bands and meeting other people and trying different. This is the thing that I, I felt like I wasted a lot of years on was thinking like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, punk rock, the movement that's going to, you know, like be where I put all my energy. Yeah. And, and then years later, you learn about all this other kind of music. <laughs> But you know what? In a way, punk ain't a music. I think if you it's a mentality. So you just bring it to all the different music. See, I, I think that was the problem. They tried yeah. to say it was a style instead of a, a movement or a state of mind. Uh, what Hit me to the short pockets because you gave me two pieces. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I realized I think I've mislabeled one of those because uh, um, the Quasar Burst was supposed to be shot, reverse shot. Okay. Um, but uh, um, I can, that, I I can mean, fix that. I think that was I can my mistake, that. actually. Yeah, but I can fix it. Reverse. Yeah. Uh, what? Say it again. Shot. Reverse. Shot. Shot. Reverse. Shot. That's a name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, exp explain, Lucy, both those projects. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of got to this point where I was having a lot of ideas. I was meeting a lot of people. We were all kind of like collaborating in different ways. And I wanted a kind of a way to, to wrangle all this stuff. Uh, and so I kind of came up with this idea of these musical postcards. And each postcard could represent a different project. Uh, and so I you know, did an old-fashioned mailing list where I would mail these to people. And it just has a little QR code on it. And so people can scan it with their phone. And the phone starts playing one of my songs. Okay. Okay. And so, so that was just a nice these... way of kind of like, okay, well, if I have all these ideas, I'm meeting all these people, I'm working yeah. on all these things. It's like putting out like a regular album that has like 12 different, <laughs> completely different kinds of things on it seemed kind of like, I wasn't sure how that would work. And so I was like, well, I'll just do these postcards. And then it's a, it's a nice motivator to make a new song every month, you know, to kind of try to like work on something to keep busy, you know, to try to like uh, challenge myself. Some work ethic. A little bit, yeah, little yeah. Because you know, no one else is sitting here going like, "Hey, when's that song gonna get?" Gonna... <laughs> okay, actually, okay. Short pockets was name wrong. There, we're gonna play another. So you actually gave me three mini mutations. So we got to get into mini mutations. But let's oh, yeah. let's play this one. It's got another. It's another suite, people. It's got a bunch of parts. Let's listen. There yet. Shoot, somebody be asking, are we there yet? I think this is it. All right now. Follow me. It's um, this way. Come on.
750 days since the event, but that hasn't stopped those of us that survive from enjoying ourselves. I'd say it's partly due to a health habit. Let me show you. The increasing incidence of infection is prompting nurses and other medical personnel to re-evaluate procedures employed in patient care. Since most disease-producing organisms are destroyed when proper aseptic procedures are used, hand-washing is considered the most practical and consistent defense against the spread of infection. The following scenes demonstrate an accepted method requiring 60 to 90 seconds to perform. Hand-washing should include the forearms up to the area pointed out by the nurse. I wish I'd listened more before the event, don't you, Peter? Yes, I wish I'd listened to how you grow food. Using either cake or liquid soap, first lather the hands thoroughly. Then rub the dorsal and palmar surfaces, applying approximately 10 friction movements. Next, interlace the fingers and cleanse the interdigital spaces, again with 10 friction movements. New and searching psychiatric test designed to detect any symptoms of mental instability. How many times did you do it? Not that often. Sometimes more frequently than I care to admit. Now, soak the forearms and rub each for 10 to 15 seconds. Let's see. Dry well. Keep nails clean and trim. Shave when necessary, after shave lotion, underarm deodorant. Well, I guess that does it, eh? 
well, not quite. Always rinse carefully, allowing the water to flow from forearm toward the fingertips. After repeating the hand washing procedure, clean the fingernails. A toothpick may be used for this purpose. I remember when I was a kid, I used to have spells where I was afraid to touch a knife after I cut my throat. Ever feel that way now? He's probably just going over and over the event in his head. <laughs> this might be a good time to remind our viewers if there are any. Please don't think about the event. Dry the hands and forearms thoroughly with a paper towel. Then, with a dry portion of the towel, turn off the water faucet. To prevent skin irritation, complete the hand washing with an application of a suitable lotion or cream. Ego's control over the it is threatened, we get pretty anxious. Anybody free for a Zoom call later? So we protect ourselves with defense mechanisms. What shows or podcasts are you binging lately? Since all defenses reduce or redirect the anxiety by distorting or denying reality. I've gotten so much done around the house. All defenses are a form of the unconscious refusal to accept reality. Where are we now? The nation itself can ill afford to endanger by neglect the future health and happiness of that younger generation for whom the world belongs. Repression is banishing anxiety-arousing thoughts, feelings, and memories right out of your consciousness. Come out with your hands washed. I don't know how much more I can take of this. Regression is retreating to an earlier stage of development, like the boy who picks up thumb-sucking again on the first day of college. Some have done it by providing a healthy outlet for the teenage boy's desire to show that he is as tough and daring as his older brother. Reaction formation is switching unacceptable impulses into their opposite. For example, fervent activists might be fighting against their own strong impulses that they want to deny. He has a healthy look and an air of confidence. I don't think I'd call it luck. I'd say it's partly due to health habits. Projection is when people disguise their own threatening impulses by pinning them on other people. I gotta get out of here. This doesn't feel right. I've been hiding here for too long. Rationalization is when you justify your actions and cover up the real unconscious reason. So a toast to friends, new and old. An alcoholic who claims he's drinking just to be sociable is rationalizing. We're never going to make it. What shows or podcasts are you binging lately? Anybody free for a Zoom call later? Displacement is when you take your anger or some other unacceptable feeling or impulse and divert it from its source to something or someone else. What did we learn this year? Come out with your hands washed. 
I need you more than I ever have before. So I can make noise forevermore. And finally, sublimation is rechanneling unacceptable impulses into socially acceptable stuff, like works of art. What are you working on now? It's personal. Oh, it's very personal. Please be gentle. Okay. Hey, that's a really pretty picture. Oh, really? I thought about mutilating my canary, but I figured I'd paint this picture instead. Etc. Etc. You get the idea. I have to find ways to entertain myself. I need to express myself. To have some new ideas, maybe even write a couple of new songs, eh? I gotta find myself. Don't worry, I'll be back. musician would go into a studio and the mixing board that they were recording into would have like a broken, I don't know, capacitor or transistor. Or something wasn't working correctly, but it produced like a really cool distorted tone. And they would say, I want that sound all the time. They would try to capture that sound in a portable device so that when they were in a live setting, they could recreate it. A lot of early effects pedals are actually mimicking malfunctioning equipment, which I think is really cool. Effects pedals are little devices that change the tone of your instrument. There are pedals that do all sorts of things. You can add reverb, or you can add echo. They're going to play something really trippy. Maybe they need reverse delay and maybe they need, you know, uh, something that, that simultaneously plays an octave above and below whatever note they're playing. Some effects pedals are more extreme than others, right? Right. Some that of them really do classify as like sound effects, right? Special sound effects, like really, really trippy stuff. You know, in the digital era, you have reverb pedals where they where it says, do you want to sound like you're in a piled bathroom? Do you want it to sound like you're in a cathedral? Do you want it to sound like you're in a cave? Do you want it to sound like it's an old spring reverb? Like original reverb uh, in a lot of old guitar amps was just a couple of springs with transistors attached to them. And that gives you that iconic twangy, like, surf yeah. rock spring that, reverb. That's what I think of when I think reverb. So, okay. Yeah, right, yeah. A lot of pedals have between two and five knobs, but again, older pedals can be really huge and boxy. Right. And then some new digital pedals are basically like tiny little synthesizers and they'll have a million knobs on them. So this is a cheap delay pedal that I bought in order to modify it. 
because I like modifying electronic instruments. And I don't want to modify anything expensive or collectible because there's a, a non-negligible non chance that I'll destroy it accidentally. What I did was I opened it up and exposed the circuit board and just started poking around with the wire while the pedal was engaged. Okay. See if I could make any interesting sounds. This is called circuit bending. People okay. do it with like old speaking spells and old Casio keyboards and stuff. And people do it with pedals. I opened this up and found some bend points where when I connect, you know, I jumped the circuit, I literally sh shorted the circuit because I created a new route for the signal to go through. I make a lot of like, I guess you would just say like noisy, non-musical music. Screeching sounds are a plus for me, but if you can get like a crazy overdriven screeching sound, I'm into it. There was a huge jump in flexibility once things transitioned from analog technology to digital technology. kind of more into the pedals as the source of the sound rather than okay. modifying a well-played guitar. This is not oh. the type of pedal I'm into because it's a little too subtle for me. This is like a pedal for a musician. Okay. And I'm <laughs> like a bleak blue scratch rock guy. You know, it's kind of like, let me buy this old piece of shit and see what it sounds like. I'm back at a beat. And you'll hear all my cheap Asios keyboards and modified effects pedals and broken drum machines and stuff. The one genre of music that literally cannot be made without effects pedals, which is noise music. Most noise music is created exclusively or, or almost entirely by effects pedals by distortion pedals, by overdrive pedals, by feeding pedals back into themselves, by creating sounds directly within the mixing board, right. feeding the mixing board into itself with feedback and then running that through pedals, or by doing something that a lot of people, including myself, do, which is you take a contact microphone and attach it to a surface of metal and then bang on it and run it through a million distortion pedals until it just sounds like explosions. Beautiful, isn't it? I believe one of my friends likes noise music a great deal. Look for the signs of your friend liking noise music. Why, right. what, makes you think, what makes you think that they like noise music, but you're not sure? How much he hates Billy Joel. Is there lyrics in noise music, or is it entirely well, the sound? Noise music to me is kind of like drugs. It's just more fun to make it yourself than to listen to other people do it. But I usually buy my pedals used. This guy only has 30 pedals. If you really get into pedals, you can go crazy. 
what happened was I started playing music again after a long absence, like three years ago. Um, and my friend was like, let's jam in this. He had, he had like this warehouse storage space and he, his friend dropped off a drum set and I brought over my guitar. And at the time, I think I only had one pedal. I had a boss shifting delay that I had for like 20 years. And then I, once we started playing music, improv music, I got into circuit bending. I started buying old Casio keyboards and modifying them. And then we invited a friend. And then, I guess over the last few years, it kind of just grew kind of slowly. I was like, I'm going to get some funky pedals and make some weird noises, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you and had... You go down a rabbit hole, and then it's like Friday, spending your Friday night, like, watching a 45-minute YouTube video about how to correctly use <laughs> the granular delay pedal you bought, and then you realize you just turn into a total fucking loser. <laughs> about your pedal uh, love. I don't need my friends anymore. I have my it's, um, robot friends. With, with, I don't know a lot about noise music. Um, I assume that it's noisy. I assume that the definition of music means that there is some sort of pattern going on. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. End, 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 March 26th, just after 6 p.m. Picking up where we left off, as a favor to a gaming friend, Univac, I have offered to treat his friend, Austin. And there are just no two ways about it. He used to be cool, and now he's just middle-aged. And perhaps somewhat squishier than he used to be. Yeah, let's just say he's not getting invited to any parties where beautiful and vital youths intermingle making clever, insightful comments to each other. 
and eventually getting renewed for a few more seasons after a death scare in the penultimate episode. The sting of middle age is causing him to be temporarily nostalgic and temporarily nostalgic for the things of his youth, and not in a, a good way, if I have to admit. If I have to listen to him make just one more passionless Space Ghost reference, I might just have to drop his gaze altogether. But after a quick stop at Hannigan's Pub for a fresh glass of perspective and water, it seems that Austin has talked his way into jamming with the bar band. And for the first time in weeks, there was a brief smile on his lips. Perhaps my love of greasy bar food is the key to this case, Miss Susie? Well, I may need to do more uh, ordering now. Well, uh, investigating, that is. He infects those scotch eggs on reality. You're lucky they didn't kick us out of the bar, Austin. Well, I'd will have been arrested if I drank like that in the street. Yeah, it's on account we showed up with Dr. Mr. Neggy Neggy McCrab that they didn't talk to you out in your ear. You shouldn't pester people like that. They didn't seem to mind when I asked if I could play with the band. It's been so long since I got to actually make music with other people. It sort of felt like I was back on track. Yeah, yeah. Music is a beautiful thing that can touch the hearts of many people in a number of ways. I get it. But we're sort of here on a mission, and quickly, before I have to sit through any more Italian films from the 60s on Panton chairs. Well, I have had some thoughts on the winter of his discontinence, and some activities that you and Austin could engage with that uh, might help reignite his uh, joy de vivre, as the French would say. But uh, certainly they are a little unorthodox and might require your complete and total trust. In a way that most doctors don't usually have to ask for. Not to say that this is so dangerous that... I won't be joining you too. And more pointedly, we're here to heal, not make things more metatarsally worse. That sounds great to me. What do you think, Austin? Well... So long as we're not gone too long. I was sort of hoping to catch the next set by the fourth Sunday players. By catch, do you mean way of on stage or from our table where we won't bother them? From our table? Good, okay. We shouldn't have to miss anything if we're quick. Hey, maybe we can use one of those montage devices your precious art films are so fond of so we can speed things up. Those work on live radio too, right? Yeah. Well, why, that's the perfect idea. And I have just the narrative device for such a plot development. Excellent. I will have been excited to try these things, eventually, once you have come up with the suggestions that we already enjoyed. Audio notes, March 26th. Both Austin and Univac were agreeable to the unorthodox treatments I suggested. So... Immediately, we set out to show them how Dr. Nicky Nicky McCrab likes to reconnect with open meaning in this goddamn universe. Backpacking the Appalachian Trail was, well, not exactly the best fit for Univac, and we seemed to actually lose energy and motivation. We didn't have access to a terminal of some kind, even if it was only via satellite. I came in third place in the ping pong competition I entered us all into. 
But then again, it wasn't until after I suggested that it was an analog version of Pong that either Austin or Unibac could get their minds around how to play the game. Austin seemed to enjoy the screenwriting night class we all enrolled in, and I think Univac's idea for a movie about a computer that lives in the Circubpod and has a doctor friend from his gaming group who gets into the strangest adventures has potential. Sounds vaguely familiar, however. Did we see that one last time in a movie theater, Secretary Susie? Ah. Well, it'll come to me. Anyway, we tried a number of things that I thought would certainly work, but none of them seemed to have left an emotional mark that either Univac or I could notice. I went down my list of cure-alls. Surefire cure-alls, that is. But Austin seemed inconsolable. A protracted game of risk. 16-hour road trip to see the statue in honor of a golden piece of dental floss. A healthy four-bullet game of Russian roulette. Organizing in incredibly complicated spreadsheets. Baking quiche. Writing some code in basement and listening to, uh, dfm.nu. Performing a three-act play where Univac is a detective, Austin is Mr. Body, and I was the clever international businessman. And finally, getting existential with a can of ginger ale, alone at the roof of a building. It seemed as though none of these things were working, and I was beginning to feel unconsolable. And then... I didn't notice they had shepherd's pie on the menu when we were here before the montage. How could I have been such a fool? A scotch egg when they had shepherd's pie? This whole time? That's uh, a mistake I won't make twice. I wonder if they have shepherd's pie made with scotch eggs. A classic Caesar with a little extra pepper and a club soda is what I will want, if you don't mind. How dare you? I'm ordering you some stovies, and you're lucky I'm not walking off this case right now. Uh, no, 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 he didn't mean it. He's not feeling well. He orders that when there's culling stink on the menu. We need to help this kid out, and fast. I should have shoved a scotch egg down him when I had the chance. Not to make a suggestion that was beyond my usual skill set, which is not a lot, but we have been doing a lot of things... Which is cool and all, and and a lot of fun, except for that one thing that you made me do. But he is sort of a maker, and he has a fairly rich internal life, contrary to his outward appearance. I've always told him that. But don't you think that you should try to engage him in a way through conversation or some sort of creative outlet? Hmm. Eh, probably. When you've been in the medical-ish professions as long as I have, you'll come to understand that most of the time... When people aren't really feeling well and they don't particularly want to talk about it, they're just hungry, not particularly nostalgic. Really? Well, I think so. Or maybe I was just hungry. Who knows? One or the other, for sure. Anyway. I wasn't hungry afterwards. So it must have worked, right? I can't fault that logic. It will, and already has. So, is there some other kind of Scottish food we can order, Austin, that isn't haggis and we haven't mentioned yet? To think, all this time, it was really just the kibble in his bowl that was the problem. Hmm. Austin, do you want to start with some sliders and highland chips? Oh, they have fancy root beer on the menu, too. Do you want that? I have a feeling he's not really interested in food. 
He's already back on stage talking to Dawsonina again. His table's all set up. Looks like he's going to try to sit in with him again for the next set. I, I was afraid of that. I guess it's time for me to start banging some things together to add to the cacophonic mess. Splendid. This is all working out perfectly. I'll just order a few more advertisers. And, yes, to drink. How about another stout beer, please? And I think we're good. The only thing that would make this Sunday thoroughly complete would be to sit comfortably in the knowledge that I'll be getting paid in a prompt manner this time. I guess that depends on how good this set is, then.
I want to thank you, Dr. Mr. Negi Negi McCrib, for helping cure me of my malaise and making me feel a lot better this afternoon. This time I feel great. Oh, no problem. We've taken great steps to heal these calcimia to dog your mind. And that's a great leap forward for all men. It's been my pleasure. And I'm glad we did. Well, eat my way towards your future sanity. Or sanity in the future. So, like, what was it that finally helped? The, the night classes? The quiche? Please don't tell me it was the hiking of that gargantuan mountain on Spectac 4. I don't think I could walk five million miles in a Spectacian's shoes again. Well, yes, especially since they had three legs. Uh, I'd be curious to know what it was that I suggested that Ashley did the trick, at least for my own records. The, oh, <laughs> it, it wasn't the hiking. Uh, or the quiche. But uh, speaking of food... If there's any neeps and tatties left, I'd love to have some. Let me guess. It was all the talking and conversation that we were engaged in this afternoon. Or maybe those spreadsheets we organized. That helped me out. It creatively stimulated you in a way that helped you improve your mood, maybe. Wait, there's neeps left? Oh, actually, it wasn't any of that uh, either. I didn't talk much today, mostly because I was unstuck in time, apparently. Doss picked it up right away and could see it in my eyes. He knew it had been too long since I'd played anything with other people and suggested I focus on a couple of live performances. And, sure enough, while we were jamming, I could feel myself realign with the present. I think any lingering effects of the Antonioni movie should wear off once I watch a few TikToks. Wait. Oh, I guess that does track. Well, now that I think about it, uh, no wonder your grammar has been awful. I just assumed it was some new hip affectation. Oh, I'm sure that once we finish lunch and we could all think clearly, it would eventually have occurred to me. Uh, I guess we'll need to invite him to a traveler session once in a while. Uh, So we can establish an early warning system for your chromatic cues he might offer. Hmm, someday perhaps. Not a bad idea. But at least now he seems to be in a great mood, so I suspect we won't have to take any further action in order for us to return to the status quo. On a quantum level, that can never really be the case. And even though I have delved deep into my own past and future to uncover some truths about my own being, I will have to be careful that these discoveries don't become new burdens that I will need to shed. I do know that this has opened my eyes for the need to cut loose with some friends in a crappy bar once in a while. And if I want to engage in some healthy emotional hygiene, then I'll need to follow Doss and Nina's advice and take two jam sessions a day until my wrong way up smile is an upside down frown. That sounds interesting. Well, I I can't really tell. Is he actually back to normal? I think so. His his mouth is going in sort of more of a sine wave, so I'm not sure. Um, hey, Austin, that closet of yours is a mess. Um, you know, maybe you could... Um, later and later. <clears throat> I need to write a few songs and uh, probably put out an album before the end of the day. I'm well overdue. Same as he ever was. And that, my dear, is another case in the books. 
for Dr. Miggy Miggy McCray. Check, please. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's for him. show last music for this edition that chunk started off with many mutations health habits sweet and the parts of this suite is are we there yet please remain indoors come out with your hands washed defense mechanisms and finally pedal lessons many mutations whoa victoria shed after that with flashlight malfic excerpt uh and finally the fourth sunday players with what the good doctor order part Okay, so I want to know about many mutations because it seems this is your ongoing concern of the stuff you gave me. Yeah, well, and it's the one that kind of grew out of the radio show of kind of sampling and kind of realizing that that was, you know, a a place where I could kind of do something that wasn't just playing records over and over again. (laughs) Yep, yep. And and, yeah, it kind of led to a lot of cool. Uh, possibilities. It's like you meet different musicians through making music and trying to uh, go play shows here and do stuff there, and just you know, things kind of lead to one one thing and another. And I, I I think what was so addictive about music in the first place was that there was this nice crowd of people that were all excited about the same thing. Like that excitement hasn't worn off for me <laughs> yet. Right, right. So, are you the core member of Many Mutations, and then other cats you bring in? Yeah, that one is mostly kind of me uh, fooling around with keyboards and samples and learning how to program drum machines. And um, I, I got a friend who does some circuit bent stuff for me that I kind of use a uh, Moth Hunter. Uh, he, he makes all my kind of homemade keyboards out of kids' toys and stuff like that. What's his name? Moth Hunter. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, wow. he's out of uh, Vancouver, and um, I mean, he he makes all sorts of now, wonderful does he fun br- toys. Do you ask him to do things, or does he just voice, say, "Hey, try this"? <laughs> it's a little bit of both, you know, because okay. he sells stuff, but he'll also uh, uh, work on something custom. And um, we're old friends, so I, I think he enjoys doing a piece for me if I uh, have an idea. Right, like you're. I need this kind of sound. Make it be so. <laughs> yeah, or like I found this uh, toy. Do you think you could do something with it? And... Okay, yeah, yeah. Repurpose this for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Let me ask you what you're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. We, we, you kind of got a, a sneak peek. Uh, I'm trying to wrap up this Mini Mutations new album, uh, and so those suites are kind of my um, my rough drafts of of side A and B. Oh, uh, really? Okay, uh, okay. Um, oh, fuck! I, I forgot about the four Sunday players. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that is a uh, so I, I I'm also in this band, uh, Big uh, City Orchestra, um, with a, a number of friends, and so we do these radio plays once a month, and so that's kind of uh, one of those radio plays where there's like musical improv, but there's also uh, scripts and sound effects. It's a uh, um, it's kind of a, a, an attempt to blend all of these different interests I have. I was going to say it crosses a bunch of borders. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and to work with Big City Orchestra, like they're old school experimental folks from way back. And so I, I, I just love playing with those guys. You know, that's a great thing to do, right? Even though you've been around and you got your music thing, you go into a situation where you're the student again. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that should be permanent. Always like that. Or at least keep your mind of... open. So everybody's got a shot at trying to, you know, teach you something. Yeah. We, you know, every one of these projects is like, I learned something from the other guys in the short pockets too. It's, um, this duo that they have a hardcore band down in Eugene, um, Root Directory. Uh, and uh, I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder if I could play along with them and we could write our own stuff. And so, you know, they uh, were just working in the studio with those two guys. Like I learned a lot about recording in like one day. <laughs> okay. So Short Pockets and Sunday, uh, Four Sunday Player, that's actually you joining somebody else's trip. Okay. So yeah. I'm totally into that philosophy too. Taking turns. Sometimes you're the shot caller. Sometimes you're taking direction. That's gr- that's healthy, I think. Look, yeah. Can I put an invite out? Because we're almost out of time here. But if that was if what we played today was the makings of what's going to be the new record, that means it's going to kind of change, evolve. Yeah, I got a I got a couple more ideas I want to try to sneak in. And... Well, the invite is when you get done with that, will you come back on the show? We'll play it and talk about it. Oh, yeah, no, I would love to, yeah. I mean, I'm always working on stuff because that postcard project keeps me, like, motivated to... Once a month, right? Yeah, I got to have something, so usually I'm like, let's noodle around with uh, this part or this You know, rituals like that are important. Mm. They are, you know, like taking out the trash and taking pisses, coming up with tunes. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I mean, if you had a job and you had to do anything else, you'd have to do a little bit every day. See that? So it's like I wanted to take this kind of seriously, so I figured, well, I got to work out a song or something every every day. A no, little, I'm digging little, it. I'm digging it. I'm learning from it. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for being on the show. I can't wait to have you back on. Yeah, well, thank you. This was great. Okay, people, June 9, twenty twenty three edition of Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.